about stories, some from this world, some from my world, a place called Ephemera. I would like to invite... Oh. Okay. We lost it. We just had it. Oh, um, uh, okay, try the breach again. No, I don't think the Ninth Imperium can pick up on... Uh, well, I don't think they can pick up on that breach frequency. Of course. Yeah. No, I see the light. Yes, yeah. Okay. A new world, new stories, a planet called Ephemera. My name is... I, I know. I see the light. Look, okay. I say we start over and we try again. Okay? Okay, no, I know you're in charge. There's no one saying you're not in charge. Okay. I know, I know. I see the light. I see the light. I have actually known that we've been broadcasting this entire time. The producers, the ones that opened the gap between realities, just left the room to try to figure out the source of the problem. But there is no problem. I wanted to have a little moment just to talk to you. Yes, the producers may open up gaps between realities so that my voice can come to you. But for now, oh, they're coming back. What a pity. For now, I'll cut this short, save the introductions for another time. All I'll say to you is talk to you soon. Back to your regularly scheduled program. No, I wasn't saying anything. I know the light's not on. Why do you keep asking me if I can see the light? It is obviously right there. I, wh why would they really hear this? Who would hear this? It's just you and me. Okay. All of you and me. Fine, fine. I'll wait for the light. I'll wait for the light. No, that's all. We're done. Goodbye. No, no, no. <laughs> dude, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone. This is a kind of an exciting time. 
exciting time for you and exciting time for us. This is exciting news here. Exciting news. Book two of the Raconteur Collection, Chapter Eleven. I'm Charlie, joined by Jack. Hello, hello. And while we are changing some things for you, the listener, nothing is really changing. Uh, you know, I true. Jack and I were talking a little bit about this before we started the episode, and really, we wanted to take this opportunity. Uh, episode ten came out, you know, right at the end of the year. This is going to be starting the beginning of the new year, and with the new year coming, we wanted kind of a chance to not change anything, but just restructure some behind-the-scenes stuff. So, while mm-hmm. you will be listening to book two of the Raconteur Collection, for you, the listener, the supporter, the adoring fan, I'm trying to think of a themed one. <laughs> a themed, like, for the listener? Topic. No, for the topic. I don't want to give it away. Oh. I guess I already know. Anyway. I mean, yeah, it's in the title. <laughs> the title. So, oh, we're opening that crisp hardback book. Yeah, that crisp, fresh, fresh. <laughs> you don't, you don't have any crisp. <laughs> They're fresh. Um, <laughs> what about the legs? Well, as first, as first, <laughs> first we'll you know go for our housekeeping. Our music is provided by Tyler Cunningham. Jack may have changed it up, or it might be exactly the same. I don't actually know yet. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, Jack kind of mans the Twitter side. I kind of man the Instagram yep. side. Um, I don't really like Facebook, so and I don't get on it that much. I just want to say, I, also, I just want, I, I, I just want to say, I, Charlie, I, you've been doing a wonderful job on Instagram. I've been trying to, man. It's really taking those reins, and I appreciate. That. I really wish I could queue up posts. <laughs> not have to worry about it is there no way to no i think there's a way you can do it through facebook but again facebook and i just i don't know it's you know i i think i don't know if we talked about this on air but i recently before we started recording the podcast was like man i am done with social media i i felt like it took up too much of my time and so it's kind of been strange and nice getting back into it and actually just enjoying it and not you know holding so much pressure to it yeah it's less about trying to you know impress other people and more so just you know get the message out there and i just want to run it back real quick before we get into the meat of the podcast here just yeah you know it's a new new uh new book you know new chapters coming in the book new chapters being written every week every monday and you know just appreciate the support you guys have been giving us there's going to be a few changes as Charlie said the music is going to be different he doesn't know that (laughs) Well, he didn't know that till now, but uh, and also just good changes are coming, as in more is coming. So, ex- you know, we're excited for this year, guys, and you know, we hope yep. that you are excited as well. And if you're excited and want to support us, we have a Patreon up. Again, I know I joked about it a little yep, bit yep. in episode ten, but of course, you are not required to support us in any ways. But this is just there for those people that you know, like what we do and want to support what we do. And that's all it's there for. Um, There, like in the future, things might change with that. Like there might be like extra content or things like that. But for right now, as we kind of get this thing off the ground, it's just there for support. And I'm going to tell you about it every single time, just so you know. 
Anyways. Housekeeping. Housekeeping. Anyways, segue. This episode. Housekeeping. Sorry. This episode, this chapter is is all about Final Fantasy X. And you might ask yourself, the listeners who don't play any video games at all, you might ask yourself, why are you talking about Final Fantasy X and not Final Fantasy I? And I'll tell you, I haven't played Final (laughs) Fantasy I. Um, Just as like a brief overview before we kind of jump into what specifically this game is about, uh, Final Fantasy is a long-running series out of Japan. Uh, Fantasy series, it's known for like its crazy styles, uh, combat system, especially kind of inspired by like, uh, like RPGs. I mean, it's not really the gold standard anymore for RPGs, but especially like in the early area, the early era of video games, it kind of was, I mean, Final Fantasy was synonymous with like the best titles out there and still people look very fondly back on some of the old titles, especially, Mm-hmm. Uh, I think most recently the Final Fantasy VII remake came out, so there's that. But we're not talking about. I that. think it was pretty. <laughs> I think it was pretty positive reviews on that. I, you know, I don't really. I'll, I'll alienate people who really care. I don't really care that much for Final Fantasy VII, but I believe <laughs> the feedback on the remake was good. Right. So. And so, why specifically Final Fantasy X? Well, like I said. It was my first Final Fantasy. Um, I'd really only, and I'll pass this to you, Jack, after I finish up my experiences. But uh, I only really knew Final Fantasy through seeing the cover of seven and maybe the cover of eight. So, like, I knew Cloud with his sword, and I was like, "Man, that's so cool!" But I never got to play it. Um, we didn't. We had a PlayStation One, and we had like Spyro. But that was like early era for us. And I think the PlayStation 2 is mm-hmm. really when we started to get a lot of the games. And really when I got uh, Final Fantasy X and played it from yeah. like an early age. So there's definitely a lot of nostalgia that goes into it. But I also picked this one because I know that for, you know, longtime fans of the series. at least, And I can't speak for everyone, but I hear a lot of negative stuff about this game. In particular, like the voice acting and the characters some of which I agree with, but I want to pick this one too, because, you know, for the people who are invested in Final Fantasy, who have played it, who have played the old ones, I just wanted to add our voices to the mix. To the sphere. To the the sphere, I like that. That that does. (laughs) Welcome, Blitzers. So, Jack, uh, what before Final Fantasy X, what was your, if any, experience with Final Fantasy? You know what? Gotta be honest. I don't think there's literally any experience other than watching you play it. Hmm. That was my first experience with Final Fantasy. Uh, so you know, specifically ten. Right. You because you know we didn't really have the internet to look anything up. Our parents weren't really gamers at all. Especially like our mom wasn't. Our dad just kind of was. Um, especially for computer games. So like Fallout and, and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. And we didn't really. I have a lot of friends that were really into them either. You know, we had a friend who was really into like a lot of uh, like Nintendo games right. and a lot of like, yeah. you know, Pokemon stadium, like in 64 style games, Pokemon, Pokemon stadium. Snap. Great game. That was a weird, there's one. that Pokemon puzzle game where you like match the blocks together. Do you remember that? I do remember that. I don't Star remember Fox. anything about it other than Star Fox. <laughs> I remember his dad played a lot of golf games. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of gauntlet was also played. Mm. 
other than that, you know, yeah, I want to say Final Fantasy Ten was just my first introduction into the Final Fantasy series. So while I may be a bit biased, I have later in life experienced other Final Fantasies, and right. I think this one still kind of holds a special place in my heart. So yeah. So we'll go ahead and jump in, dive in, <laughs> jump off the roof. <laughs> um, <laughs> Kyle, no. That's all wrong. That's okay. Um, does so, he jump off at one point? No. Well, maybe he does. I don't. Doesn't he? I don't know. It's Cartman who jumps off first because he wants to fly. <laughs> <laughs> um. So to get right into it, uh, Final Fantasy Ten. Got so. Pardon me if I ever don't say Final Fantasy Ten, but you know, I'll try to. Uh, Final Fantasy Ten stars Titus, and right off the get go. I've heard Titus, which is spelled T-I-D-U-S, so Titus, right? I've heard it said Titus, and I think that is real dumb. So I'm not going to say Titus. I think that's just dumb. Uh, I agree. It, if it was Titus, it would be T-E-E-D-U-S. <laughs> Titus. And I, yeah, it's like, it. you know, I think, you know, Titus makes a cameo in uh, Kingdom Hearts, and they, they call him Titus, and I, I was just like, I hate this. Um, so maybe that's, you know, biased of me and it definitely is, but, uh, interestingly, you're allowed to name the character. And so his name is never spoken, even though he is a voiced in his own character, which is strange. Um, so like I never had a reference for hearing his name said aloud. So to me it was Titus. Uh, yeah, true. But the game starts in a totally kind of unique, I don't know sci-fi world called uh or sci-fi city called xanarkand and titus and this is you know this is something i want to get into right off the bat uh titus the main character is 17 years old and in a lot of media Mm -hmm. a lot of like anime and things that are kind of in that vein of final fantasy the characters are always really young and i don't they are very young you either have like the young characters who are like teenage years and then there's like a skip and then there's the characters who are old like there's never a character who's like in his 21 like i don't actually remember like the age of some of the other characters like waka and lulu but i guess maybe they're probably like 18 <laughs> lulu's lulu's probably 16 so i get you into know? that now i think an you know important thing to, to say and of course there will be spoilers for this game also, I'm not gonna. No way. I'm not gonna cover the entire detailed story of this game. Um, I'm just bow, not. Bow, it's bow, just too bow, loud. Bow, but uh, yeah. So Titus is 17 now. I always, especially he's 23. Waka's 23. Okay. I guess I just lied to you when I said my little spiel earlier. Uh, <laughs> I just looked it but up. I always, I'm sorry. I, I always viewed Titus as being older, like. You know, especially like growing up, you do think when you're like 14, 15, you're like, man, 17, 18, man, you know oh. everything at that age. But then you get to those ages and then especially like uh, being, you know, I'm 28 now and I look back at being like 20 and I'm like, 20 year olds don't know anything and they're just as emotional as like teenagers. So, oh yeah, whatever. Um, But it begins with Titus and this futuristic city of- Who's 22. You know, She's 22. I would have said she was like my age, like 28. Yeah. So there's a common theme of these young characters 
like I would always age them up in my head, especially when I think about the story like later. Anyways. Oh, for sure. Uh, Futuristic City, Xanarkand. Uh, Titus plays a sport called Blitzball, which from the opening cutscene, you think it's real cool. Uh, so as with like most games, and I guess maybe some that people would be more familiar with, like Warcraft, there's a separation between the like CGI cutscenes this game has and then the mm-hmm. actual like the way the game looks when you're playing it. And so from the opening CGI cutscene, you get this really cool introduction to Blitzball, which is a sport that's played underwater in kind of a hovering, like, stadium-sized... It's like a gravitational yeah. sphere of water. It's like a stadium-sized, like, thing of water. Like a sphere. It's really and cool. And people, looking. like, swim around, and they... The game glosses over this a little bit, but these, like, players hold their breath for, like, minutes. You know, like, ten minutes. While swimming, while swimming, while kicking a ball. Right, and it's basically... tackling players. It's basically like a combination of football, soccer, but underwater. Yeah. Honestly, the whole cutscene is super cool. I think it's it what cool. kind of really, you know, it enthralls you as a child. Yeah. <laughs> it's really cool, and the music is... Yeah, you. they have a really good, like, kind of like... I got it. Yeah. I don't know, heavy rock song. Uh and, you know, that's like the opening sect to this game. Um, Titus is estranged from his father, who is another famous, famous. He's the most Man, famous. I sound like those guys. They're actually guys in the game that sound like that. They're like, me ride the shoe bluff. Um, anyways, <laughs> Titus's father is missing, and he's been missing for the last 10 years. And his name is Jekt, who is he was also a famous blitzball player. Um, and Titus definitely has some dad issues when it comes to that. Like his dad was not very nice to him, like not horribly abusive, but just like his dad's kind of a dick. So Titus is kind of neglectful, I'd say. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, the story kicks off with, as you're playing Blitzball, a huge monster appears and this monster is called Sin and it just starts to destroy Xanarkand. Um, it's like sucking everything to it. Yeah, like sucking everything to it, shooting out like energy blasts that destroy the city. When, when you know when I'm talking about this, this doesn't this sounds wild. It's not as wild as It's a lot more wild than, yeah. Let's go ahead. Uh, and then and in all this chaos, the only person who seems to know what's going on is this older guy named uh Oren. He's 35. He, what? A guy was Yeah, like, I thought he'd be like, like in his 60. 40s or 50s. <laughs> 60s, you know, like yeah, like He's 35 with graying hair. <laughs> okay. Which happens, but not to the oh. degree. Anyways. So the city starts getting invaded by monsters, and these monsters are called Sin Spawn. Like, Sin like, shoots them off like little missiles. And Oren gives... Pretty straightforward. Yeah, Oren gives Titus uh, his father's old sword. And then through a series of events, Titus basically gets sucked up into, like... He doesn't get sucked into sin, but like sucked into sin's mouth, which throws him through time. And then he awakens in a temple and it's, he has no idea where he is. Uh, <laughs> I, I just real quick. <laughs> oh, go ahead. This is your story. Yeah. 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 The weird effect on his face. Yeah. And, and Oren seems to know what's going on. Like, yeah, he seems like Oren can talk to sin and, isn't Orin like actually dead? Yeah, that's a big spoiler though. Sorry. I'll yeah, cut that out. Um 
the game actually like I think gets kind of cool in a like or complicated in a cool way later on when you realize what Titus is like what this Xanarkand is because the real world it's a world called Spira and the age of Xanarkand was a thousand years ago and so Titus basically gets you know pushed into the future a thousand years and he meets a group of people called the uh, Albed and they're this is the you know as good a time to address it as any but the fashion sense in this series so when I first played this, you know, Titus is wearing like, I don't know, like some kind of stupid. The coolest shorts ever. Yeah, he's wearing like shorts and like one's cut off like above the knee and the other one's lower. And it's all just like, mm-hmm. I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a, it's like a sporting uniform and he's wearing like these black overalls and this yellow <laughs> like open vest. It's... It. It's like swimwear, right. athletic wear, mixed with being outdoorsy. Like high fashion. Goth style almost. <laughs> but yeah, but in high style, it's a really weird look. Like everyone looks weird. Everyone does look weird. But it's, it's, but it's kind of cool. To the point to when Titus meets this this group, the Albed, the main character he meets is a girl named Riku. And this one, the Albed, you don't know anything about him. They speak a different language. And so Titus can't actually communicate. Which is su- super cool. It is cool. Yeah. Um, but Riku is wearing like this full body. And I guess like the best way you could describe it is like a diving suit. But this diving suit is designed mm. in such a way to where it looks like like some of the tones on it are like skin colored. And so when I played this, oh, game, when I played this game at an early age, I got real embarrassed playing it around my parents because it looks like this girl is just like half naked. And, you know, when you're 12, 13 playing that around your parents, you're, you know, how do you explain that to your mom? How do you explain? No, those aren't her. That isn't her skin. It's just a suit that looks like her skin. <laughs> yeah, don't. Have, that's not her butt. It's just a suit. You know like, what I mean? What? It's it's weird because it's like. Yeah, the. It looks like she's wearing these like super revealing outfits, but really it's just this suit that's designed to look like. Anyways, the clothing in this game is real stupid, and it. I mean, some of it's cool. Like there are some characters, like Oren specifically. Has, I mean, even his idea. He like he kind of, he has like one arm through his like red jacket, and his other arm, he acts like his other arm is crippled because he like kind of holds it out of his jacket like close to him, like it's broken, like in a cast. But it's not, because he's dead. Anyways, you end up learning that it's, you know, a thousand years. Um, the world has changed. The machine technology, which people call the oh, what, machina. Is that what they call it? Um, yes, machina. Yeah, you learn that the machine, yeah, the machina is, like, forbidden. So, like, technology is forbidden. Um. Sin mm-hmm. attacks the ship again after some, you know, fun little gameplay. And yeah. then I guess like the most iconic thing is Titus wakes up on the beach outside of like a island paradise place called Besaid Island. Um, and he's picked up. Which the music yeah. is so good. Yeah. At this point, it's good to bring up like the music in this game. I think is really good. Like Besaid Island, especially. All the music is really. Mm-hmm. And actually, I feel like this goes for just the design of the world as well. I actually, like, thinking about it now, I really like the layout and design of this world. Like, this old, super advanced civilization was destroyed because, 
you know, yada, yada, they got too arrogant or they did something against the religion of the, you know, the current time. And so nobody can use machines. Mm -hmm. And so there's just this, you know, these kind of relatively uh, coastal, low tech uh, civilizations, like among, like amongst these like ruins of these machines and everything like that. And it's only like the Albed, like another race of people that actually still use the machines and they're kind of alienated from popular society because of it, you know, because they yeah. actually do delve into this technology and use it, which all that sounds real cool. You know, I, it's not a super big focus of the game, but you know, as it is a game and you're playing in the world, you do see a lot of it. Yeah. You're kind of like, what is this giant thing sticking out of this, you know, <laughs> like mountain over here and it's like and it you yeah you meet this where you meet waka and he's like yeah this is just like machines and stuff like that that we don't use anymore and because i think the belief is that the machines are what's attracting sin yes and so yeah and you learn that um sin has destroyed xanarkand a thousand years ago xanarkand has since become like a holy place um And yeah, uh, weird how that works. And Waka kind of takes Titus under his wing. He thinks Titus is suffering from like a toxin that sin admits that makes people, I guess, lose their minds, which you never that never really comes up except as kind of a way to explain Titus being crazy and saying things that don't make sense because he's from the past. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that might be, you know, yeah, I was gonna say who knows if this has happened before or if this happens often. You know, and it's just kind of a way to explain, like, everyone's like, I was near sin. And so it's like, oh, like, well, it all makes right. sense. That's why you're kind of speaking about, like, you are you were part of the Xanarkand Abes a thousand years ago? Right. <sighs> Weirdo. Important to mention. Must be the toxin. That Waka and his, like, group of friends are also on a Blitzball team because, of course, Blitzball is still played. Um, And Waka's team is, like horribly bad like they haven't won a game and it it says here they've won a yeah. game in 23 years which is older than what walk is <laughs> so, this team well, i don't think walk has always been the captain no yeah, i know but, but, um <laughs> two I, years old all right guys all right guys <laughs> oh my gosh uh and so this kind of gets into i would say the main heart of the game and from here i'm going to be a little bit less close to like following the story and um, so, essentially, you go to Besaid, there's a temple there, and the main crux of the game is there are summoners, and summoners summon these powerful beasts called Aeons, and they essentially have to go on a pilgrimage all throughout the world and kind of commune or pray to each Aeon and get its strength to ultimately go and to kill Sen, but... In reality, they're not killing sin, and I believe this is kind of a known, like, they will basically sacrifice their lives for a period of calm, and so, like, life can actually regrow, because sin just shows up and destroys villages, shows up and destroys things, because um, he's kind of like almost this force of nature, like a, just a cataclysm, like a volcano or like a storm, um, but it's like a giant monster. And so... The summoner that Titus ends up meeting is a girl named Yuna. And, of course, summoners can't just go out throughout the wildlands by themselves. And so they have guardians. And you have Waka, Mm -hmm. who's like, I don't know, 
the native islander of Besaide, like really happy go lucky, uh, hates the Albed, uh, really like he's kind of your tie to like the religion and like the, I don't know, indoctrination of like just the land in general. Yeah, I'd say so. You have Lulu, who is like a mage who literally has a dress of belts, which you know when I was younger I did think that was Ooh. pretty cool. <laughs> Like literally, cool, but in practice. Oh yeah, can you imagine moving around in that? Um, another one of Yuna's guardians is Aronso, which is like an animal man. Uh, kind of, I guess how like a lion, like a lion man. <laughs> I was trying to think of how to describe him. Oh, um, Aronso. Yeah. yeah, but like, what do they look like though? I mean, yeah, just think of like a human, but with like claws and a lion's head. Yeah, but a bit more human. And they have horns, the like a unicorn. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I was like, so they do, don't they? Yeah, so you know, through some story events, uh, Titus is like taken to the temple by Waka. The summoner Yuna hasn't come out of the temple from praying to the faith, which the faith is like this kind of entombed, like ritually entombed person who then offers their strength and their dreams to the summoner who can then re-summon them in kind of like a, I don't know, mystical bestial form to then fight. Mm-hmm. Um, Yuna hasn't come out of the the place. And so Titus is like, I'm going to go in after her, you know, screw custom. I'm not even her guardian. I'm going to go check on her. And so then... Titus, as he does throughout most of the game, just kind of bumbles through, you know, the priests being like, oh, no, you can't. This is forbidden. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, Stay away from the summoner. Right. Um, so, you know, Titus is kind of just a fish out of water, which works for, you know, you as the player being the fish out of the water character. I will say, though, that Titus never really asks any questions about why, which you would think he would as being kind of like that surrogate for the player. But instead, he's mm-hmm. just kind of a dick. Like, I, he's just like an annoying, bro-y 17-year-old guy. And like... Well, yeah, he asks questions, but he's always like, runs up there, why can't I go in there and save her? And he goes and does it, you know? And everyone's like, you can't because that's the way like you that's know we do is, things or right? this is the way things are done here you know which i understand like oh you can break the status quo but like he knows like nothing at all and so he's just kind of like well what if you're yeah. gonna get you know killed when you go in there yeah so it's like you know who knows it just it is kind of funny but you know as as we'll talk about it, we do see a change of character so right and so you know yuna already has the established guardians of waka who is considering being a full-time guardian since he still is the captain of the Besaid Oryx. Uh, mm-hmm. Kamari, the Ronso, and then Lulu. And then, you know, Yuna and Titus exchange some flirty eyes, and Titus is like... His connection with Oren, basically, Oren and then his, supposedly... I don't know if it's mentioned right out the gate, but Oren and Titus's father, Jekt were supposedly guardians to Yuna's father, who then, you know, completed the pilgrimage earlier and became a high summoner and destroyed Sin. And at this Mm -hmm. point, Titus really doesn't kind of get that, you know, there are multiple summoners and there are summoners who are kind of immortalized as high summoners who have defeated Sin, but Sin always comes back. And that period of peace kind of varies. Um, Mm -hmm. So you leave Besaid. 
You're on a boat. They're like, oh man, what do we do with Titus? He's down there kicking his blitz ball, <laughs> kicking away at the memories of his fathers. You know, uh, it's, and then you get to uh, Kilika, I believe it's how it's pronounced. And this is actually the first yeah. time before you get there, you see Sin attack this coastal island, which, or the port. Oh, it's horrible. And you kind of have to wonder why people still build out in the water and don't have some type of protection against an event like this because the port is torn apart and people die and you you kind of arrive on there and I think this is the first time you see that another function of the summoner which is Yuna can basically send the souls of the departed to a place called the far plane because if not the souls of the departed are left to kind of rot in the real world and eventually turn into monsters so a uh, mm-hmm. summoner, you know, is kind of a a multi tool in that way to where they're they kind of keep the world in balance. You know, they send the souls of the departed away because if they don't, and if there are no summoners, then the souls of the departed become monsters. Um, otherwise known as fiends. Fiends. <laughs> so uh, and this kind of begins the you know the the I don't know the quest of. Yuna going to all these different places and praying to the faith of the temples and getting new aeons. Uh, of course, I'm not going to go through all the aeons. But yeah, at this point, you know, I think I keep saying I'm going to stop following the story. Because, you know, those of you who played it have played it. Yeah. And I think at this point, you've been following it pretty well. Yeah, I think at this point, I'm going to kind of like hop off of the story train. And yeah, as you know, you go on eventually... Uh, Riku joins your party, um, Oren joins your party, uh, especially when Oren joins the party, he actually tells Titus that Jekt is Sin, and Titus doesn't believe him, and this big city uh, called Luka, you play some Blitzball, Blitzball gets interrupted by monsters, that's when you meet uh, mm-hmm. the Maester Seymour Guado, who is like a different... Well, this is like when... Sorry, go ahead. This is when his powers are introduced. You do meet him. You see him get off the boat. And everyone's like, oh, look, it's Maester right. Seymour. Maester Seymour. And the Maesters you know? are like the, uh, uh, like the cardinals of like the religion. Uh, the religion of yeah. heaven, which is what it's called. And uh, what's interesting... Which is a cool Yeah, name. what's interesting about uh, Seymour, Maester Seymour, is that he also can summon Aeons. And he summons this kind of like horrific Aeon called Anima, which... Like, just shoots out these waves of power to defend the, you know, to defend the people who are getting attacked by fiends. And there's definitely not something right about Seymour. He looks like an evil character, and it's because he is. Um, He's horribly evil. Right. And so, you know, from there, the story gets diverted a little bit, and you go to the... uh, You go, you basically, the party ends up kind of getting involved in this crusade against fighting sin and i think what's really cool about this world is that it is pretty fleshed out like you have these crusaders who are basically you know i don't know you could kind of describe them as medieval soldiers who are just going to try to <laughs> hack sin apart with like swords yeah you know just try to do everything they can to just stop sin from destroying everyone's lives and particularly like the fiends as well you know like they they're kind of mm-hmm. like the defense and the Crusaders are launching this big um, kind of a united front with the Albed, which is, you know, kind of frowned upon because the Albed, of course, used technology. But 
weirdly, Maester Seymour, who kind of oversees this event, um, is like, yeah, that's fine. They can use it because it's in the name of God, which then you kind of learn that like this religion of Yevon kind of is like, hey, if it's in our benefit, it's okay. And I would say like this part of the game. So this is not quite halfway through, but this is the part where the Crusaders and the Albed and of course, you know, Yuna gets involved in this as well. And her guardians um, are basically launching an attack against Sin by what do they do? They like torture some fiends so sin is called to them like the shore yeah they basically like captured these larger fiends and they like throw them all together i don't know if they like if they're calling out to sin or what but basically they're like these are parts of sin like larger parts of him so if we get them all together and do something horrible to him i don't know who knows what uh it'll attract sin to us which it does yeah. and so yeah, you know, this is the, the kind of the crusade against Sin. And, you know, it, what, I think what's great about this game is that, you know, someone like Waka, who is very orthodox when it comes to the teachings of Yevon, hates this idea that the Albed are involved in this and that they're going to use their technology to fight. Um, someone like Oren, mm-hmm. who seems to know a little bit more about the world, kind of stands back. And you've seen Oren as he kind of interacts with some of the different maesters. He is definitely knows some more information about the world than everybody else does. Um, Yuna is kind of innocent and naive through a lot of this and just wants to help. Um, Titus, of course, just kind of goes along and is following her. But mm-hmm. then, you know, you have the added idea that Oren put in his head that his father is this, you know, horrible, huge monster of sin. And so to take a little bit of a break from the story, you have this big boss fight against kind of these combined fiends, which when I first played the game was the first like hard fight I did. Oh, it was difficult. And to break down the gameplay. So it's a turn-based game and you can basically every character, you'll decide what action they take and they take the action and certain actions happen faster or sooner than others. Um, your characters are progressing and as you fight fiends through random encounters when you're traveling on the road, you gain experience and then you can move your characters along the sphere grid, which, you know, like in hindsight, it literally is just kind of like a tech tree. Like you're just getting and unlocking different abilities as these characters kind of fall into Mm -hmm. different roles. So Titus kind of becomes like the quick scout character who can, uh, you know, aid the party by casting like haste and, you know, usually is the one who can attack first. You have Oren, who's kind of like the heavy hitter Waka, who, you know, because he's a blitzball player, uses his blitzball and he's kind of like, I guess the archer or like the ranger. Lulu is the mage. And then Yuna at this point, she can is almost entirely a support character because she can heal your party, which especially in the early game is really valuable because, you know, you either rely on your replenishable magic or items and a player like me, I would always get like, you know, an elixir or like a super healing item. And I'm like, I'll use that when I really need it. And I never end up using it. So <laughs> I think that was a lot of players. So a lot of people are like, oh, this is so uh, <laughs> like a mega Phoenix down. Right. Oh, and you never use one. Yeah. Um, but Yuna can also in these combat encounters, she can summon her Aeons, which are extremely powerful and especially their overdrives which are like this little meter that once it charge up they can like release a super attack 
And all the individual characters also have their own overdrives to their own super attacks. Um, but I, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know what you think of it, Jack, but I really like the gameplay in this. Um, I really like turn-based things where I can kind of sit back and think about what I want to do and how I want to attack rather than something kind of like actively happening quickly. And I really like it because it's very static. And I think that is a complaint that some people have is that like you can sit there and the characters are like not doing anything, enemies not doing anything, and you can just kind of like look through your menus and be like, okay, I'm going to attack this and I'm going to do this. But it kind of boils down to attack, select an enemy, you hit the enemy. Attack, select the enemy, hit the enemy, and then the enemy does whatever it does. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll go ahead and say that I, I do enjoy turn-based combat. I don't play a lot of games with it. This is probably one of the main games I have played. Final Fantasy being mainly the only games I have played with turn-based combat, other than, like, the older Fallouts and stuff like that. But, I mean, there's something to say, like, with this game especially, is that because you can kind of see what's happening, and you can, you can control the pace of the battle, you can really see, like... Who's good? Who's bad? Who needs to level? Who needs like more levels? Basically, like who is right. like the weak link in your party? And right. you know, for the most part, like I, I I enjoy that a lot. It does kind of take away some of the difficulty of you having to select things on the fly or having to, you know, have like this timer. Okay, the enemy can just just attack me while I just right. sit here and you know think. But I think it is, you know, it's good for the kind of game that it is so i I don't have a problem with it personally i would definitely say it's not a skill-based system because it rewards you for basically grinding and you know repeatedly doing these random small encounters to build up your strength to where then you Mm -hmm. when you get to a difficult fight you have the tools needed to actually succeed and playing the game through the first time, you don't know that. And especially since I this is the first Final Fantasy I played, I didn't know that. And so it was kind of jarring because there were several points in the game that stopped me. And I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, <laughs> this and this boss is just too mm-hmm. hard. You know, basically because he just outstats you. And that's kind of what happens. Um, So the game is very like, I don't know. Yeah, it's very grindy when it comes to that. But also it's very satisfying because you get a you know a nice reward for spending that time doing that by able to like do things very well or do things in, you know, the way you want them to do. Anyways, like I said, the combat I don't think is anything super special. Um, it also doesn't get in the way. I think ultimately, like when I think of fun combat systems, like I think, you know, Final Fantasy twelve, I actually like more. I like the weird, like you prep everything before a battle and then while you're in the battle, it's kind of executing these lines of like, oh, hey, if so-and-so falls below this amount of HP, this character will heal them. Yeah, I figure what it's called, but I, it's I like, enjoy that like, system a lot as well. the system or the job? I don't know. I would say it's the gamut system. Or then... Like, I think I think it was a good progression of... Right. Like, turn-based combat. Well, and, you know, older Final Fantasy games, like, uh, you know, 7 and 8 and even going way back, they have an active system to where enemies will attack you and you are kind of timed and everything's running on a timer. Mm. I, for me, it's hard to come from a static turn-based and go to, like, the active kind of side of that. But I will say I have never really delved that deeply into any of those games, and so I can't speak on kind of authoritative level and say which one is better. 
But for me, this is my first, yeah. and so it was fine. Um, you know, so back to the story, you know, as this, as you're fighting this big monster, um, the operation against Sin is a total disaster. Um, hundreds of crusaders die. Yuna basically has to stand on this beach full of corpses and send away their souls so they don't turn into other monsters. Uh, Titus, in kind of like a fit of rage and sorrow, swims after Sin, and he doesn't understand why his dad would do something like this. Um, it's Which, that part's really emotional, right? It's actually like kind of dark because you know you talk to some other people and he's like, "Oh man, my commander, he was just torn apart." He's like, "What do I do now?" And it's like really intense mm-hmm. and. It's just, it's pretty heavy. Now, I think this is a good time to mention, like, the voice acting and then the way this sounds, as I'm telling you, dear listeners, versus dear listeners. what you actually see. Everything is kind of <laughs> delivered in this stiff way, and the voice acting isn't bad, but it's like, I w- it's always overacted, and so... Even though you can't run away from me, yeah, and you know it's, <laughs> it, you know I think the most in what people who know this game or even know about this game probably know about it is earlier in the story. There's this moment where Yuna is kind of upset and feeling down, and Titus basically forces her to laugh. And so there's the infamous laughing scene where Titus is like, "Oh, you just need to laugh." <laughs> and so he's just like they're sitting there laughing, and it's like ha 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 ha, and. Yeah, it's When you think of like, hey, you know, this person's upset because of the job they have to do and I'm going to kind of make them laugh, even if it's in a false way to cheer them up and kind of break them from their head. It's sweet. But then you see the execution of it and it's just this horribly awkward like scene. So the game is always walking that line of like, you know, what I just told you, dear listeners, the horrible crusade where you see people die. You don't really see the violence, but it's heavily implied um, versus the actual delivery that you get from the game, which is kind of that melodramatic static. I would say like very like, I don't know, C, D tier anime kind of like acting where it's just overdone in the worst ways. Yeah, I would say like there are parts of the game that I think are really like when he's swimming after sin after the fight. um. And he's, there's that, that monologue going on in his head, you know? Yeah. Like, I think that part's really good. And he's no. just like, I don't know, like, why I was doing this or if I could even like, catch him or, you know, I don't know what he says. But there are parts like that that I think are done well. But then it's so off-put by how much of it isn't done very well. Right. And it's not any fault of, like, you know, I think the voice actors or anything. It's just, it came out in the year, what, 2000, 2001? <laughs> yeah. And, I mean you're trying to translate this game from Japanese to English. And so it's kind of a little awkward in that in itself because English is hard to, so Japanese is hard to translate into English like 100% fluidly. And, you know, so it's just, it's an interesting kind of, I don't know, it's almost a a weird enigma. You know, it's it's strange. Yeah. Um, So from that, uh, you know, the pilgrimage continues. Uh, Riku joins your party after this, after the Albed try to capture Yuna, which you're not quite sure why the Albed are going around capturing summoners, but that's like rumors that's been hitting the party's ears is that, you know, these Albed are capturing summoners. Um, They, so of course, Waka being 
you know, the little church going man that he is hates the all bed and Riku, as you met way earlier in the game, she is all bed and they kind of keep Waka in the dark about her being all bed. Um, weirdly, uh, Riku is Yuna's cousin, which I don't remember that. And I don't know if that actually is ever important other than to say that's like Yuna's heritage kind of contains both. And so she's more tolerant of that, you know, well, that's why Yuna's eyes are different colors because Albed eyes are different colors. And so uh, after that, they go to the city of Guado Salam, which is the home of the Guado. Which again are they're kind of like elf creatures, elf mole creatures. Yeah, they're like it's elf. weird. They have like big hands. They have big hands and crazy hair, and they're very like tunnely. Like their whole city is like in tunnels. And like roots, tunnels and trees right. and roots. Yeah, it's and strange. That's where you again, meet, strange. Uh, you meet Seymour again, Maester Seymour, who's already been shown, even though he's in the high ranking, you know, echelons of Yevon. He is definitely like a little bit more edgy. Uh, he shows the group a sphere recording of Xanarkand, which Titus, you know, remembers, and then he ends up uh, proposing to yuna who she avoids answering and you know i remember that did get me when i thank god when i first get me or, you know, first got me when i first played this game is riku's uh or not riku's but uh yuna's that proposal to her because you're like what's gonna happen and this is where that game kind of dances <laughs> around the romance thing between titus and yuna where you know they like kind of flirt and you know that titus likes her but it's in very much an anime protagonist way to where it's very like i like her but I'm not going to really touch her or kiss her or try to like move this relationship other than I like her a lot. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. So then you get to cross one of my favorite areas, which is the Thunder Plains. And you can play fun games where you dodge lightning, which I did. Uh, good music. <laughs> which I did. Well, I, th- I think you'll, you're going to skip me over like an important scene is the, the spring scene that happens before you go to Guadalajara, right? Or does it no, happen after? Happen yet. That's yeah. That's after. This is happening. Yeah. Okay. Well, so I mean, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, yeah, you go through the Thunder Plains. Uh, Riku is, you know, she's really horrified of lightning because she was shocked by magic lightning when she was young. Which is, you know, that gets into the weird like disconnect in this game to where you know characters in combat can get hit by lightning and can get you know beat up, but then be totally fine. But then in like a cutscene they could get like wounded and die. And so the game is definitely telling a story that is separated from this. How most games do, honestly. Right. Um, so trying to think. Yeah. So at this point, you know, you go and you, you realize why the all better trying to capture summoners. Um, it's kind of explained that they want to protect summoners from pilgrimaging or you know going on their pilgrimage and eventually facing sin because they think that summoners are sacrificing themselves and they don't think it's worth it uh you learn that Ty, or you know learn that uh waka hates the all bed because his younger brother chapu died while using a forbidden weapon of all bed origin you know all this stuff that actually talking about it does sound really cool like it's like man <laughs> this sounds pretty good you know but it's just again yeah it's just delivered in this way it's ex- it's, yeah, it's executed in a weird way that I think honestly is just 
the time it came out, if they really went through and like remastered that game or basically just, yeah, remastered it, but like a full blown remaster, like a Final Fantasy seven one, I think it would be a really like worthwhile game to remaster. Cause there's a lot in that game that right. just is kind of thrown to the wayside because it's overall a pretty kitty feeling game. Right. Um, let's see here. Um, Yuna leaves to actually, she agrees to marry Seymour. Uh, she leaves. She's really choosing to marry Seymour because she's worried or she knows that there's something going on with Seymour's dad. And she thinks that she can kind of like save everybody if she just, you know, marry Seymour, which don't ever marry somebody for that reason. But you continue on. Eventually you have a conflict with Seymour and that's kind of the big break when the party is like, "Uh oh, they're betraying their religion. And then you fall through some ice because of course you do. You land on top of sin, get transported. The whole party gets transported to a desert which turns out to be the Albed homeland. And you have actually kind of a cool moment where you wake up as Titus alone and you actually have to play with him like alone for a second before the party joins you. Um, then it's like a big rescue mission for Yuna because she, of course, is kind of trapped into marrying Seymour, who even though you killed, refused to be actually dead and is becomes an unsent, which is, you know, the like we, as we said earlier, that Orin is also an unsent. Someone, I guess, who stays within this world and keeps their persona despite you know mm-hmm. all that uh you go and i think the big kind of like revelation through this is that you go you rescue you know on a big airship mission you have another really hard boss fight or hard at the time you kind of get captured uh, you learn that there's spear is kind of trapped to so the land. This world is kind of trapped in a spiral of death where summoners sacrifice themselves to defeat sin, but sin always returns. Um, and it's never, you know, that's never going to actually end. But Seymour in all his evil genius wants to save spear from death by becoming sin. And of course, how do you save everybody from the spiral of death? Well, you just exterminate everyone. So Seymour, you know, a finger curls on the monkey's paw. <laughs> right, right. Uh, <laughs> you learn that all of like the top-ranking members of Yevon are also dead, and they're just sticking around. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's just like this huge like thing of hypocrisy. After that, uh, Yuda and Titus have a really long, extended, awkward kiss where they like are swimming in this lake, and you have like I don't know, it's come kind of like. <laughs> Is, is, is the thing Japanese again with the game it's like <laughs> <laughs> right oh you know i i like, will say before sorry before that part is no go ahead go ahead oh, i was gonna say that uh, part like is actually really good you can you cannot say go ahead and then start talking <laughs> the part's actually really good but like it is like awkward because it's just, it's just not done in the right way mm-hmm. it's too long is another thing but like also it kind of comes out of nowhere Right. Like it does. like she's crying and he comes up and embraces her. They kiss and it's like a super long kiss and they go like into the it's it's weird. It is weird. Um but at this point um you know Titus has kind of come to terms with the fact that Yuna will die and like that is what defeating sin means for a summoner is that they sacrifice themselves to summon the final aeon 
to defeat Sin. And then I don't know when it's revealed, but at some point, oh no, it's not revealed here. I know it is. I know when it's revealed. I was going to spoil something, but we'll get to it in time. Um, yeah, get to it soon. Yeah, so the final summoning is used to defeat Sin, but the final summoning kills the summoner. And Titus is, you know, of course, understandably upset about that. There's a moment where he, like, is, like, punching an Aeon in the stomach. <laughs> and he's like, I told her all these things that we could do, but I didn't know she would die. You know, and again, it's one of those moments. <laughs> it does not sound like South Park. <laughs> again, it's one of those moments where it's like, you think that that would be, like, your chance to show kind of a heartfelt moment where... Titus, who loves Yuna, was telling her all these things like, hey, after you defeat Sin, you know, I'll show you my homeland and hey, we can do all this stuff. Not realizing, and Yuna knows, but she just doesn't tell him, not realizing that Yuna's going to die. And so it's like, that could have been real sweet to talk about. That could have been real sweet. But the game, you know, just slaps some sad music on it and Titus is like, oh, I told all these things we could do. We could, we could. And, you know, he's just upset and then he kind of gets over it. Um, after that, you journey through this really cool location called the Calmlands. It's like a big open green space that was torn apart by the last battle with Sin. That's why it's like this great plain that's like broken with these huge chasms that run through it. Then you go to Mount Gagazette. And at this point, you're getting close to the end of the the pilgrimage. Mount Gagazette is another one of those cool places where it's like the home of the Ronso, so Kamari's people. And, you know, shocker. Sorry for those people who haven't been using Kamari, so young Charlie. But they basically, they were like, hey, you're going to play as only Kamari and fight against his two brothers who are, you know, not hard. But if you haven't been leveling up Kamari, well, because <laughs> he kind of sucks. just going to die. <laughs> I, let's just be honest here. Anyone who's got to this point, which I'm sure everyone has, but anyone who's got to this point and played Final Fantasy X, and Kamari just sucks. It is so hard to make Kamari a good character well, in that game. He's, you he's can. Like a jack of all, he's like a jack of all trades. And so he's kind of good at in the worst some way. things, but he's not nearly mm-hmm. advanced as any other character. And so... Yeah. <laughs> it's But like the whole Ronso scene like with his brothers is cool because I guess Kamari... Like, you've met his brothers a few times before. And like You realize that one of his brothers has like, broken his horn. Right. And you kind of see that Kamari is kind of like... He is smaller. Like everyone's like, you're a really weak Ronso, and so you can kind of see like he's been outcasted by you know his family right. and like shame because his brothers broke his horn, you know. And right. so it's um it's a really cool fight, and like you know it, you win, and you end up proving that you know like Kamari's a strong Ronso, right? And just because he's chosen like a different life path than other than living in the mountain and proving his strength up there, you know. It's it's a it's a really cool scene actually. Yeah, there's a whole part. It is really cool. Um, so at this point, after you have another fight with Seymour, who is very much in an anime villain, is like con- like powering up every single time you meet him. This fight is hard. Somehow. His name is Seymour Flux, and I really remember this because he has this move. I don't remember if it's like called Cross Cleave or something, but he like can just one hit your party if it's not strong enough, and you can just lose. Um, well, doesn't it like put all your party to one HP or something? No, no, just no. Kills them. I'm thinking of something else. Probably. Anyways, <laughs> if you know what you're doing, no. it's not that hard. But this is where the game gets kind of heavy in some of the lore. And definitely, as a kid, I didn't understand what was happening in the story because I don't think it's actually told that well. 
which is sad because I think this is actually a really cool idea. So you get to the peak of the mountain um, and you come across this fountain of the faith that are lost in dreams. So those, you know, petrified souls and uh, Titus suffers a vision of Xanarkand. And while he's there, he, you know, there's just kind of this, like this boy in these purple robes that has always been with him in these visions um, who ends up being the, the faith of the final summon you get uh, Bahamut. But uh, the faith basically, you know, reveals that sin was created to like leave Spira forever so that the faith could dream forever. And that Xanarkand and the Xanarkand that Titus knows and who Titus actually is, is Titus is not a real person. He's just a dream of the faith. And so that if sin is truly defeated, then the faith will wake and Titus will fade away and the world will kind of be fundamentally changed because the whole world is built on this idea of like the dreams of the faith. And, mm-hmm. you know, definitely that's, it's delivered in kind of a confusing way and you don't really, you know, understand. Um, and you realize that kind of since Titus was a dream of the faith and both he and Jack, since they were touched by sin, they have a real chance of actually destroying it. Because, you know, it, it gets into this weird section where it's like crossing dreams. There's like the dream of the faith, and then there's the Xanarkin dream. Anyways, it's all kind of confusing, and I don't think done really well. But that general idea that, you know, Titus really isn't real, that he's kind of just this figment of this like sustained dream, and that by defeating sin and, you know, saving the world, he will stop existing because sin in some way is also contributing to the stream. So pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It is very cool, actually. Yeah. Um, then let's see here. After that part, you go into the ruins of Xanarkin. So you're in like the final leg of the pilgrimage. Again, another really cool section. Great music. Uh, it's for like one of the first times in the game where when you get into combat, the traditional combat music doesn't keep in. And you just keep hearing the music of Xanarkand. Um. And it's kind of sad and somber because you realize that, you know, unless the the Guardian, so Yuna's friends, can find some type of way to, you know, subvert the final Aeon, the only thing strong enough to defeat Sin, then Yuna's going to die. Um, You get to the yeah. core of Xanarkand, and within the core of Xanarkand, you find Yuna Leska, who is the first, who Yuna was named after, who... um is the first summoner and you learn that like this whole cycle has been kind of like just being continued and pushed on by her. And you learn that the final Aeon not only defeats sin, but then also becomes the new sin. And that's and like, yeah, the reason that the summoners have guardians is that you have to choose a guardian who will become your final Aeon. And which is how, uh, Yuna's father, Braska, when Jack's, was like, you know, they had the chance to defeat Sin. He's like, hey, you and his dad, I'll become your final Aeon. And that is how uh, Jack became Sin, ultimately. And it, so it, it's just this self, you know, the self-continuing cycle where, you know, yes. the final Aeon, the new final Aeon becomes Sin and keeps, you know, destroying things. Uh, great moment where you realize that Oren is also dead, as we said an hour ago. <laughs> Apologies. It's okay. Um, 
but he, you know, he's known this information and that's why he's kind of been above, I guess, the pettiness of, you know, the religion of Yevon. Uh, of course, the group, you know, refuses to partake in the act of the final summoning and you fight Unaleska. Again, another really difficult boss fight. And I know we're going a little bit longer here, but uh, I remember that when I first had this game, I like horribly scratched it in a certain way at the door to this boss fight. Oh my gosh. And I would spend so long trying to get my little slim PS2 to start up this game and just hope, just hope that I could actually get beyond the door (laughs) to fight the boss again. Because, you know, I wasn't... We, We were all sitting there waiting. Yeah. And the game wouldn't be read, wouldn't be read. And then you get the game to read, and you load in, and then you try to go through the <gasps> door. So you're, I have to win. We have to win. <laughs> so you know, a little bit of because the door is like a long loading screen yeah. by def- like long. So the game, by so you know, so the PlayStation like, has to read the disc <laughs> to load up. The- uh, they're like, <sighs> that's a great fight. Um, you know, I think one of the better boss fights in the game that does play. I think with cool music, yeah. cool everything. Uh, long story short, you end up siding with Albed, you get picked up by the airship again, and you basically can use, the whole idea is that you need to, like, break apart Sin and get inside Sin, which is this weird alternate dimension, so you, you know, fight Sin from the outside, you shoot off his wings, you guys are flying on top of the airship, you jump on top of him, you defeat some monsters, you get inside Sin, which so like Sin opens up his mouth and it like opens up into like this weird dimension, um, yeah, which is weird. So like, do they fly into? Yeah, they fly the airship into. Yeah. Cra- yeah, inside you find Seymour. It's, it's been a there, while, <laughs> and then you defeat Seymour once again. <laughs> yes, I mean, yeah. Why wouldn't you? See, uh, or at this point, Yuna is actually able to send him before he disappears. Um. You get to Sin's core, which is very similar to the Blitzball Stadium from the Dream Xanarkand, and there you are able to fight uh, Jack, who is in the form of Braska's final Aeon, which is a cool fight again. And then at that point, um, you know, you kind of free the soul of Jack, but what you discover is that, like, Yevon, this, like, the heart of what Sin actually is and what, you know, Unaleska actually created is still there and so you have to fight this like core the still beating core of uh yevin which is this great part where you have to summon each one of your aeons and yevin attempts to hide inside of them so you have to fight all of your own aeons um it's kind of like a cheesy ending part because you can't die um but you end up killing yevin stopping the cycle the game kind of has a bittersweet ending where you know uh I think Oren asks Yuna to send him, and Titus, with Sin defeated, uh, basically fades away. And it's it's actually really sad because it kind of that's kind of just where it ends. And yeah, you know, so kind of sorry. Go ahead. I mean, you know, Yuna and Titus like they share like one final embrace as he's being like sent away, basically. You know, kind of like fading into the, you know, into the it would look fading into the sky or wherever he's going. You know, and it's it, it is real emotional actually like that's one of the like, parts of the game that you're like Whew. and every, everyone's like sad you know and it's not cheesy at all it's just like yeah you know it's ending so it's 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 a good moment definitely a good yeah. good part of the game 
Yeah, so, you know, Yuna becomes the new High Summoner, and she's brought about the eternal calm, and, you know, the world of Spear will never be the same again, and that's kind of how the game ends. And we'll probably just go for a little bit longer here, dear listeners. But, you know, as awkward and as crazy (laughs) as the game is in terms of its fashion and style, it's weird talking through and you know thinking about the whole story and like how much i do like it like i think it's a really cool story and it makes me wish that it could be reimagined with like the same story beats and done in a different way to kind of bring out the story that's there um yeah i think that is kind of a i don't know that's kind of like a weird facet of a lot of the final fantasy games is that there's this really kind of deep story that you know runs between or runs under a lot of them but you know what people most remember about final fantasy is the characters the combat system and you know you could say the same for final fantasy 12 which i think has a really cool world you know with the judges the armored judges are final fantasy 13 oh, i think is really it's really cool you know it's yeah. funny because final fantasy 13 has like a really deep story that's buried within stuff you actually have to go in and read which is a horrible way to tell a story and so it's it's always crazy to me that you know these developers and these storytellers create these really uh unique stories but like can't deliver them in a great way to where all people remember about this game is Titus laughing is, you know, the awkward moments, uh, you know, it, and it's, I guess it's kind of sad in a way. This is my story. Right. <laughs> and you have to wonder if it's, they don't kind of shoot themselves in the foot sometimes with this kind of thing. Cause you hear about, you know, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts about like just the story of this game after like basically having me go over the whole thing with you? I mean, it's it's weird to think about it, you know, really, not like critically, but just kind of just thinking about the game again. Basically, this is like a big summary of it. But like, just the story of the game is, I think, really good. But presentation wise is where, you know, it kind of, that's where it flops. Like the game is fun. Soundtrack's great. And like, the story is good. I think characters are good. But the way it develops and the way it presents situations that should have a lot of gravity gravity to yeah. them, it's just not there. Yeah. It all feels very, like, weightless in parts where it needs to be weighted. Right. And I think it's the time with, like, this is, like, a big endeavor. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm just guessing here. A big endeavor for them. This is, like, I think their biggest Final Fantasy game. Well, this is, you know, the transfer from to date. PlayStation 1 with Final Fantasy 9. You know, because you have the, tr- you know, yeah. you have seven, eight, and nine on the PlayStation One, and then you move over to, <clears throat> you know, ten on the PlayStation Two. So the first time they can do full rendered three D, and the first time they can actually add voices, or like have a fully voiced uh, narrative, and so it, I think it struggles underneath all of that, definitely. But it's sad because, or not sad, but it's it's just interesting because the game, the world's really cool. The design of the world, I, I like a lot. Um, and of course, nostalgia plays a big part in that for me. I mean, this game was very formative when I like played it and, you know, my first dive into Final Fantasy and what made me kind of fall in love with the series. And it's funny because none, 
I haven't really tried to go back that much because I think just the oldness of the games is hard for me to get into. But I played, you know, 12. I played 13. I didn't play any of the sequels because I didn't like 13 that much. Uh, didn't play 11 or 14, the online ones, but I know 14, really great. 15 was a big disappointment for me because that that's a topic for a whole nother time. But, uh, <laughs> um, you know, as with the game I bring up all the time, as with Kingdom Hearts, there's like some really cool themes that run underneath what is actually presented and shown that I really like that has really been inspiring to me. But ultimately, the game kind of, you know, fades away. And I take those inspirations and I kind of change them around and move them. But I think that's that's kind of where I want to leave it with this, which turned into be basically, I think, just the deep dive into Final Fantasy X and what we think about it. Or I guess what I think about it. I felt like I did so much talking. <laughs> well, you definitely like played through the game a lot more than I did. I, I played it probably once or twice and I beat it once. Uh, I think you beat a couple of times and you did a lot of the extra stuff, but like, right. Yeah. This was just kind of a fun, like, you know, way for us to kind of just talk about a game that you and I both had a lot of, you know, time and experience with. Right. I really enjoyed just the hearing you talk about it and just like imagining it all in my head, playing through it again, those parts and how I felt about it. I mean, right. it, it was a good experience. So yeah, I hope, I hope the listeners enjoyed too. Yeah. So any of the listeners, who go and play this game know that it is, and I did, I don't think I did a great job at like actually breaking down the story. Um, but please be warned that if you go and you're like, man, that game sounds great. I want to go play it right now because of what Charlie said, be warned that it is, uh, it is rough and it's hard to get into. Yeah, it's, it's almost 20 years old now. So, you know, but if you can get into it and you like it, there's a remastered version. So it's pretty easy to find. Definitely recommend it. Uh, ten HD remaster, not yeah. like I got. It's just the final note. Ten two, the sequel to this game, I really don't like, and I don't think about. Aside than the music <laughs> at the menu, I think it was really good. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> Jack and I even made like a what like a 35 minute youtube video yeah, just it's it's up on you. it's it's really funny <laughs> honestly it's really funny uh you know it took all the things that i didn't like about the game and just highlighted them so you know take that with a grain of salt but jack if there's uh nothing else you'd like to add i'll go ahead and round us up but you have anything else charlie i think it's i think that's it uh, you know what it was a it was a definitely a deep dive into this into this game which i enjoyed and you guys can expect more of in the future yeah. Um, as always, your feedback is always very much appreciated. You can get a hold of us uh, through Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, any like you can find us, you know, on Gmail, uh, rack and collection, gmail.com. Um, feel free to contact us through any of that. I love doing these in-depth dives into video games and, you know, really breaking them down and why I like them. I think a lot of the things I talked about were things that I did like and, you know, I gained from it. And I love talking about things in that way and would mm-hmm. love to do that with other games. You know, I I can think of so many that I'd like to do. Like, I'd love to do Jack 2. Oh, me Like, dude, Jack 3. Like I was about to say, I got... I was about to say, <laughs> next week, I'll lead the one on the Jack series. I got you. Right, you know what I mean? Uh, there are so many. I mean, doing one, like, over Eternal Ring. You know, I could think of so many games that I... The <laughs> that Resistance one. series, which I... 
you know, I, oh. there are so many things that I love doing this kind of deep dive in. So any and all feedback, if this is something you like and want to hear more of, or if you like hearing more of just like Jack and I banter and kind of the, the memory aspects, let us know. As always, and hopefully always, I am and will be Charlie. I hope so. And I've been joined. Unless you're sent away. By this fantastic ride by Jack. Our music was provided by Tyler Cunningham. Again, we have a Patreon if you want to support us. But you've heard that Please. already. Please. Please. We're so poor. <laughs> <laughs> but you've heard that. I'm actually recording from a box outside at Starbucks. I'm so cold. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I'll render this on the laptop I borrowed from the library once I walked there. It's only an hour walk. No, they don't know I go up there and use it, but... But you can find us all. Everybody, this has been Chapter 11 of the Racketeer Collection, and we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. Bye. See ya. When I, you know, well, first off, how'd you feel about this episode? Did you feel good? I felt good. I, I, I guess I felt bad because, like, I really felt like I just recapped the entire game. And, but at the same time, what it helped me realize is that I really do like, you know, breaking on like the story of this, kind of separating it from the gameplay and thinking about it again. I think that was really fun for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I love to do that too. I did like kind of like the deep dive, and it was funny. Like I looked at it, and we were like forty minutes in, and I was like, "Oh, we still have so much farther to go in the story." <laughs> Please, no. Yeah, I definitely think next week on our next deep dive into a game, uh, I like to do the Jack series, maybe or even the the Resistance series, because I didn't. Man, we should we lot. should pick one though, because I could talk a lot about Jack too. I'll, I'll pick. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll pick one. Do you one Jack series? Or sorry, one Jack. Game? Yeah, one Jack game. Um. But yeah. yeah, no, I, I I really enjoyed this. And to anybody who's still yeah, listening I, I to this far, in episode 10... I like hearing you talk. Episode 10, I gave you the hint of, you can't tonight. Uh, in the very beginning of Final Fantasy X, there's the little blue, ro- like the purple robe kid. And what does he say? Like, there's like some annoying kids that are like, teach us how to blitz! And like... <laughs> Two, three... That's what they sound like, like... <laughs> no joke. And Titus is like, uh, yeah. And the little kid is like, the little ghost kid is like, you can't tonight. And Titus is like, I can't tonight. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, it, it's never explained. But like, Two at the same time. On the front row! No, but think about if it. If I see you. If he's just the dream, if he's just the dream of the faith or whatever. I, that's I mean, why he sees a kid. It's good. Exactly, and that's what the kids it's like. Good until you can't say he doesn't quit, and he doesn't question. It's good until the girl's like, "He's blocking the front row," and he's like, "When I score a goal, <laughs> right. I'll do this. That way, you know it's for you." <laughs> it's like what? It's so dumb. And then you're running across the highway in the beginning, and there's like the radio broadcast, which is not. Oh yeah, done in a way that you think it's like a broadcast, but it's like I remember Jack and I. We used to. Gathered up together. It's like 
It's like a weird. It's it's like a weird like radio show. Oh, the, the Xander Canabes are gonna be playing the blah blah blah, and you're like, oh, this is a broadcast. It's not just a voiceover. Remember when the Xander Canabes? Yeah, I think it's there. It's just the announcers oh. from the stadium. I think it's like a whole citywide event. Oh. No, but I I think uh, yeah, we're definitely coming into this new book with uh, a different kind of structure on just what we're doing. Yeah, not really changing things up, but making sure we you know we're. We can schedule things more in advance, I guess. Yeah. So, like, I I'm looking forward yeah, to that. I love doing these deep dives. So, anybody who's listened thus far, I mean, I I'm open to anything to do deep dives on. Love to do a deep dive on Dead Space, the darkness. I mean, I could go on. Chain of Memories. Oh. Age of Empires. Age of Empires. Oh, Wolfenstein 3D. Escape from Tarkov. Yeah. Why love hate it? Call of Duty Modern Warfare, first one. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. Talk yeah. about dude. World at War. Oh my god! Yeah, War. no. Talk about like golden age of Call of Duty. Like, yeah, I love those games. Those are so good. I uh, do. Remember how like when you first play as like the Russians, the first scene yeah. is your guy waking up after like an explosion. Yeah, and the the Germans are just walking through, shooting oh guys gosh, who are still yeah. struggling. You know, and you're like. Oh my, this is horrible. So and then yeah. Reznov. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We can do a lot. But, um, boy, boy, we can even do one about, you know, I think if we do try to do a freeform one here soon, we could do one about just, you know, the state of the world right now. That this would be this a fun year one, yeah. has been a crazy year. You know, maybe that's what the next one should be the state of the world. Just a. Yeah, why not? It could be the, instead of the state of play, state of oh. world. <laughs> um, as host, state of world episode one. <laughs> as hosted, like a five minute take, just being like Jack. Jack, what is your take on the state of the world? Bad. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought too, Charlie. What is your thoughts on? That's sports? right, Jimma. All right, Baba. I don't Another watch sports. Another Final Fantasy X <laughs> reference. Yes, Papa. Yes, Papa. <laughs> Who've not won a game in 23 years? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, good. good times. It's good stuff. Anyways, this is the true goodbye, the final goodbye of death. Well, you can say what um, okay. what Jake Roper says from Vsauce 3. But alas, it's not goodbye. No, it's never goodbye. It's always, and then just the text on the screen is, you know, Till next time. Yeah. That's why I really like the... I you started know. to use the talk to you soon. I, I think that's nice. Dude, on the post? <laughs> yeah, dude. Talk to you soon. Pimp that gram. <laughs> P, PTG, you know? Pimp that gram. No. <laughs> I hate that so much. Okay. We're, we're, done. <laughs> we're done. We're done. We're done. We're done. See you guys Bye. later. Peace.